Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Okay, good day to everyone. Uh, this is me, the uh, the Dark Master, with uh, the Living Martial Arts podcast. And uh, so I'm, I'm just seeing my, my guest giggling there. I'm not sure why I call myself the Dark Master, but um, <laughs> those that have seen me will know why. But uh, yeah, I've got I've got Master Gordon Wallace um, with me today on the podcast. And Master Wallace, uh, I think I first met him oh it was in the early 80s in fact i think i've got a photograph somewhere of of myself and master wallace at the scottish championships in 1983 um okay. collecting collecting some trophies and i think um i think on that day i i i thought brian nelson was it brian nelson could have been yeah could yeah have been. yeah um 83, I think that was in Granby Halls. I know there was one competition in Granby Halls. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it was. I, I think I... I think I or was that 86? I can't remember. Well, I, I think 83. I'm definitely sure I won 83 because um, that was that was the, my best year ever. Okay. <laughs> As I tell my it was students. actually a good year for me. I, I uh, yeah. got two goals and a bronze at the, the British Championships at Nottingham. Yes, so I remember it. It was a good year for me, yeah. I, I remember well. I remember it well because you were quite a competitor, and um, you had a, you had a different hairstyle in those days, as I did. Yes. <laughs> but um, you know, they, they they were great days actually. In the um, yeah. the UKTA days were fantastic yeah. days, and uh, taekwondo good. in the UK was um, was really really growing very very quickly. And, super. And, and just to say um, that I loved. Um, I've got fond memories of going to Scotland because. I took my first degree and my second degree in Scotland um, because that, that was where the centre of the Taekwondo world was in those days. Everybody yeah. went to, to Glasgow. So a, I did my cold, first. <laughs> a cold building with spiky floors where you got um, splinters in your feet. <laughs> well, it, it, exactly. But, um, uh, you know, thanks for, thanks for joining us uh, on this podcast. It's, uh, it's really a, a, a great pleasure. And um, as I said, it, the, the nice thing about me doing this is I can talk to uh, people from uh, way back when uh, Taekwondo was young and uh, people yeah. knew Taekwondo in a slightly different way to what we know it today. But uh, sure. how are things going with you uh, at the moment, Master Wallace? Well, we opened uh, last night. Uh, it was our first night back. Um, COVID, the, the two lockdowns we had, <clears throat> sure. um, devastated our numbers. Uh, but we put a, a super uh, process in place. We did some Zoom classes, but they weren't the, the main medium for teaching sure. um, because we got lots, lots of kids and quite an, an extensive kids program. So we created very yeah. early on a really intensive library of videos for all the curriculum so the kids and adults alike could watch it 
and then they would submit videos to us for personal feed feedback. So that way it, it allowed us to teach pretty much to the same standard. And then the Zoom classes were just an extra for contact and chit chat and see how everybody was getting getting on. Right. So it, it worked. It actually opened up um, a whole new avenue of possibilities for the future through Zoom and video training and at-home training. So um, it's been a learning curve. It's kind of hurt us a lot, but we're glad to be back and um, training yeah. again. Well, I can, I can relate to that. Very similar to myself, really. I'm, I'm mm. sort of just back now and teaching the adults still outside, the juniors inside. Uh, but as you say, the, the first time round, I did a lot of Zoom um, and I collected a lot of videos, which actually I'm, I'm using some of those now. So when uh, new students come in, I can send them some, um, some videos uh, of yes. some of the, some of the basic moves. Yeah. So that's yeah. so, you know, I, I think you need to take, um, uh, take the good things out of what has happened. Mm -hmm. It has been a devastating time for for the martial sure. arts, uh, but um, you know we're hoping that uh, we can, um, you know, I say rekindle the fire and, and get it burning yeah. again, and um, you know everybody coming back. But um, uh, off I know off camera, we were we were sort of talking about the early days of, of taekwondo, and I was mm -hmm. uh, just saying that you know I had a, a soft spot in my heart for Glasgow because I took mm -hmm. my first degree there, my second degree. In fact, it was my first squad training session in St Andrews in Scotland so <laughs> went all the way up. oh my mom, that was my, at Lucas yeah, yeah my was mom. at Lucas yeah I remember oh. that yeah um, <laughs> yeah Grandmaster Oliver and the entourage that's right Thorn and Doncaster made yeah. their way up yeah yeah and so uh, I remember I was at that one yeah yeah well, slagging off my training shoes I had bright green <laughs> luminous green training shoes so I remember I was yeah. getting some spec for me in Ferguson yeah well it, 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 it was great but uh the thing I remember actually was my mum saying, I said to my mum, oh, I'm going to training next weekend. She said, oh, well, that's nice. I said, yeah, it's in, in Scotland. <laughs> she said, where? <laughs> and, and RAF uh, Lucas, that's because Jim Scott um, had moved right. down there from El Elgin, so he had organised it. Yeah, yeah but but they were, they, they were great days. But um, mm. So, uh, again, we were sort of talking off camera, but perhaps you can tell the, the listeners... Um, a little bit about your martial arts journey really and uh, as I said you know I, I came across you in the very early days and um, you know you're still there you're one of the people that um, you know I've seen from time to time and you, you're still doing it but uh, how did it start? It started because all my friends went really it was way back in uh, 77 I'd just come out of the Navy I'd, um, I'd left school and joined the Navy so I was in there for a few years and I'd, ju I'd just come out for a few months right. and uh, my friends went from work and they went down and Taekwondo was always something that had been in the back of my mind because at school, we used to go to the community centre and they had a, a Taekwondo class there, a small one um, run by RAFB people. And I used to wa watch them. And again, it was just, I never took any inkling to join. It was just, if they were there, I would sit and watch and for, for a few minutes. And and it was always it was always in the, the back of my mind, I guess. And then when they start, started, they, they'd been for about a couple of months and then they were demonstrating. We were we worked in a fabrication shop, so they started demonstrating three three step sparring. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I thought, oh, I'll just go anyway. So we we left. We used to work till half past seven every night. Fabrication shop. We were black, honestly. We were covered <laughs> in everything. Yeah. So we would have to run down from half past seven. The class started, so we had to run down, and you ran down in your work clothes. So we're in the sink and we all had tide marks round round here and tide marks round round here. <laughs> and um that was how I started. First of um 
first of March 1977, I started wow. in Elgin up, yeah. up north. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, it, it's funny to say that the the, uh, the early days of, of Taekwondo, and also um, you know in in uh, Scotland as well. And um, mm. you know when when I when I started uh, Taekwondo again, which was around about that that time, I actually did karate before I did. I do think I did karate mm. in about seventy six. Um, okay. You know because of the the Bruce Lee movies and kung mm. fu on television and, oh, and yeah. so on. Um, yeah. Uh, but I actually changed to Taekwondo because I remember going along to karate and the guys were huge. And I was mm -hmm. thinking, wow. <laughs> I remember getting punched a few times thinking, this really hurts. These guys are big guys. Uh, I remember going to a Taekwondo class um, to have a look. Uh, and there were some big guys, but there were some small guys as well. <laughs> Yeah. I thought, yeah, I could probably fit into that class a, a little bit better, <laughs> and it was it was actually closer to my house as well because I had to take a yeah. bus to go to karate, and uh, taekwondo was in was in sort of walking distance and so on. Um, so so that was that. But um, you know, we, we were talking previously and um, just before this, and perhaps you can sort of tell the listeners um, because taekwondo was sort of centered. You know, the big place was sort of Glasgow. Mm -hmm. um, I remember going to my first degree and taking my grading um, in Renfrew Street, that big hotel, yeah. which was the academy, which mm. was absolutely freezing cold. I think yeah. I took my first degree in September and it was freezing. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so I don't know, perhaps you can tell us about the scene in and around Scotland and ta Taekwondo well, at that time. Scotland was 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 busy because um obviously most of Taekwondo in the UK started through REF. Um, members yes. and where we started in Elgin, Kinloss was a big taekwondo cent, uh, uh, center, and that moved into Elgin. And then it was, uh, I guess, Grandmaster McCallum down in the the, cent the central belt. He was also in the uh, RAF. So taekwondo was really, really, it was very, very big and very, very po popular up north. We didn't have much karate at all. It was all taekwondo even way back then. Yeah. But um, Scotland um, was 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 thriving, and I think it also helped with the UK that there was so much support came north um, from England and Wales, and then also it, it it seemed like although we were separate in Scotland and England and Wales, we really did have one big UK family, and it was yeah, and it's it's quite a shame that that's not there any, anymore because it was yes. it was heady days. It was it was the rivalry was great. We always had super tournaments, you know, and especially when we had home na nations. Scotland oh, yeah. v England v uh, Wales. It was always a real tear up, and it was great times. And we really enjoyed having the Scottish Championships, English Championships, Welsh Championships, and then we'd have the British cha uh, Championships. And I know it was quite insular, and that was uh, a lot of the problems that came later on was because we were so insular. There was no international communication. We only knew what the information what that, that we were given. Yes. But, what the UK achieved in levels of technical excellence back in those days was incredible. And um, if we had managed to keep it together, they would have been an outrageous force in the world today. I mean, my goodness me. But it was uh, it was great. It was good fun. Um, and uh, we just... We just travelled every. We trained every opportunity we had. We trained, 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 trained. It was just great. Well, it was just fun. It's fantastic, and I and yeah, I, I would agree with everything you say there. And um, you know, as I said, I thought nothing of going up to Scotland for a for mm. a training session and then meeting everyone. Um, you know, a lot of the I think I was a 
first time I went up to Scotland, I was um, a first cup. I was a black black strike, and um, oh man, I couldn't believe it. It, it was it was great. <laughs> you know, it's one of the the first times that I'd been that far uh, up north. You know, <laughs> across the border, and um, it, it was brilliant. I t- actually, I'll tell you this little story. What, what was funny? The first time I went up to um, to Glasgow, I remember going into a, a, a chip shop, um, and um, I saw there was a, a Sikh there with a with a tur- Sikh turban. Mm. Anyway, I, I ordered my fish and chips, and then he came up and he had the the widest Glaswegian accent <laughs> I've ever heard. And he must have thought I was really rude because I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. It, for me, it was just hilarious. I've ne- I'd never seen uh, a Sikh with a Glaswegian accent. Yeah. And, e- and even in Bristol, the Sikhs still had a, an Asian accent. And it was just funny. Yeah. Um, but 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 quite quite amusing. Um, uh, l- lucky enough, I managed to control myself. But uh, yeah, it's very common. Eh? It was very because the, the in, in Indians and I have been here for such a long time, you know. And Glasgow yeah. is a big is a big uh, India. It's got some cracking Indian rest, restaurants. I actually ate the hottest curry, or this restaurant claimed to have the hottest curry in the world. So oh, right. I was determined. <laughs> so I went and I undertook the challenge and. Uh, I signed the waiver to start, and then at the end of it, I got my certificate. And yeah, uh, oh, it was hard going. Like, oh. <laughs> well, I the last time I was in Scotland, I was in the West End of Glasgow. Okay, and um, somebody said to me, I was I was at a B and B or something, and I said, oh, you know, uh, is there any good uh, Indian restaurants here? And he said, yeah, if you just go down there, that'll be one of the best Indian restaurants you've ever eaten. I think it was called the Mother of India or something. Okay, uh, I tell you what, I went there. And um, I was with some friends, and first of all, there was a queue <laughs> to get in. I thought, well, this, this is, must be good. Either, either this is really good, or I, I don't know what's going on. We went in there, and you're right. I tell you what, I had the best Indian uh, food that I'd had. Uh, be- mm. Better better than even places like um, Leicester, which is yeah. renowned for Indian food. But it, it was fantastic. Mm. I really, really enjoyed it. But, yeah, so I, anybody who goes to uh, to Scotland get or Glasgow, get some Indian food there. Oh, right. It's- <laughs> Crack, it's absolutely super. Yeah? Well, yeah. I've learned to I've learned to cook Indian food now. That was one of the, my things I did during um, lockdown. Yeah, that, it was my last challenge. I, I'm quite a, a good cook. I can cook lots of different things. I could do cook yeah. curries, but not what you get in an Indian restaurant. So we did some re- research, and it's a whole different art form it called is, yeah. British Indian restaurant cook uh, cooking. Yes, and it's yes. adapted for fast tu- yes. uh, uh, turnaround. So. I've yeah. done that, bought the, all the spices. I've got, I must have like 60, 70 spices in this drawer and I can make amazing Indian food now. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, so, so go, going back to your journey, the, the one thing I remember, and I still remember uh, about you actually, and um, I remember when I, I saw you at um, the IIC in Ireland and it brought it back mm. to me. You, you were always very cool and calm. <laughs> um, now, whether that was just a, a, a facade, I don't know. Um, but I always remember you in, in competition, and I remember, I see, remember seeing you in competition and thought, "Wow, you know, this this guy's really good. Uh, you're a very cool competitor. Um, uh, you know, very courteous and, and so on." Um, and I, I, I still I still get that to this day, to be honest. Uh, when when I see you and when I see you uh, interact with people. Um, so just on the competitive side, you know, was it something that um, you, you focused on a, a lot? I, I always say I was a, a sort of an accidental competitor, you see. I just mm-hmm. found out that I was good at it, but I, I didn't start 
taekwondo because of that I, mm. I actually like the physical side of it and that's why i still do it to this work this day I, I still keep myself very fit i train every, you know most days and so on but i, I don't know what about yourself well in our, our um well first of all for for training it always had to be done right i yes. just couldn't leave any stone un, un, unturned i just it had to be done right and um and i always thought it, it i'm the, the phrase "train hard, fight easy" wasn't around around then, but I think that must must have been the philosophy because it was always practice, 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 practice. Because I remember even like for for, for patterns, so many times it's not like I, I blacked out, but I used to come off going, I can't even remember doing that last section in the pattern, and I keep thinking if you hadn't prepared and prepared and prepared and prepared and repeated, you would have forgotten it at that point and stopped, you know, and. Um, and I think what made me do that was in the European Championships, um, I got into the final down at, down at uh, Crystal Palace. Oh, and yes, I just yes. Come, uh, I just come in from offshore I came, and I just jumped on the sleeper and went and went down. And um, I hadn't practised. And I got into the final with the highest score. And I was in doing Gaybeck and I got as far as the, the middle knuckle fist punch. And I was thinking ahead going, I've got this in the bag. I've got, <laughs> and then my mind went blank, completely yeah. blank, yeah. and I blew it. Completely blew it. I got ahead of myself. So after that point, I thought you've got to, you know, focus. So yeah. everything I did, it, it, it was always that, and um, I tried to always maintain my, my my fitness, my strength, stretching, everything. And I always felt when I went in, I could think I can't fail because. I've practiced so much and it's um I might get beat but I won't have failed. I've given it there's no reason to turn up um yeah. and not be ready. Because I think the cardinal sin is it's okay to get beat because it might not be your day, it might be the better competitor, but never turn up if you're not exactly. in shape. Exactly. And that's unforgivable. So I always made sure that bit was done. Yeah. And um I, I, I keep to it to the to this day. Yeah. But yeah. For, for, for competition. No, competition comes second um, in our academy. We're always martial art first, yeah. absolutely. And, and and it's fundamentals, patterns, basics, steps, sparring, conditioning, all the, these things. And then because and, and we got taught that even um, in our, our day. I mean, I'll, get, I'll give you a laugh. Thursday night in El Elgin, we'd yeah. be there yeah. doing um, tra uh, training. So there's a, a whole core of us, and we'd say to the instructor, Mr. Scott, Come and spar, come on, come on. All the skinhead heads are in. Let us spar and let them, you know, show yeah. them how hard we are, you know. And um says, so what would he have, have us doing? No. He'd have us doing all your somebody Maggie's out of tune gun and stuff like that. You know, all the worst exercises you could yeah. think of to do in front of all the skinheads. And he would have us doing that all the time. You know, it was every night. We never, ever got to show them how tough, tough we were. But to get back to my point, no. I find if you do all the physics, the fundamentals, and everything, um, the competition becomes yeah. uh, easy. Yeah. And um, we have great success with our area, and and I really find surprise how we're so good at sparring, but we very rarely do much sparring in class. Yes, you know, yeah. and it's uh, it's uh, obviously if we are going to go to competitions, we do extra training and drills and stuff sure, because it's, sure. it, it's gotten very, you know, the whole thing, the whole spectrum of sparring has changed a little bit. But we're yeah. always uh, martial art first and competition second. That, yeah. that, that's great. And I think um, 
you know, I was, I was speaking to somebody recently on this podcast and I was saying that um, I think, you know, if, if you do focus on completely on competition, when your competition days are over, there's nothing left. Um, no. And, you know, I, I knew that when I finished comp- competing, I was going to carry this on because I, I wasn't doing it for competition. I wasn't doing it for the, for the trophies and, uh, and, and anything like that. It, it was because I loved doing the martial art. Um, I love doing all aspects of the martial art as well. And I often say to people, if I see them, you know, quite, quite competition focused, I said, yeah, no, that's good. But, you know, you need to do the other stuff as well. You know, get a passion for these things. Otherwise, you know, competition doesn't last that long. <laughs> you know, I, I retired, I think my last, well, it was actually a charity fight that somebody asked me to do in 1995. Uh, but I actually retired in 91 to spend some mm-hmm. more time with my uh, second child then who was one my first child was um uh five six so yeah um i, I would agree but don't get that. me wrong i mean i absolutely love competitions oh i just yeah. think it's the business i i absolutely love it you know and sure. i'm still involved with it on on the umpire committee now yeah and um i love organizing um i just my students love, love it because it's another a- a- avenue and it does so much good as well Yes. But you can't solely focus on that because it's, yes. it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's not real. You yes. know, but there's so many good benefits to it. And we use it. Um, everybody has to enter comp- competition. And, so and, and the reason being is because it's part, it's part of your confidence. Yes. And again, even if it's just uh, uh, patterns, you have to learn to deal with the butterflies. And, you know, and, and it's part yes. of self-defense, you know, if to stand up to somebody. So... You don't even have fists flying. You just have to stand at the side of the ring and shake in your boots and step onto the mat, and you just have to learn that. So we use competitions yeah. a lot for that as- aspect as well. And then when it comes to sparring, you know, it's, it's psychological because yeah. you get used to the people in, in the class and competitions give give you that um, little step up in aggression and also sure. speed and nerves. And so they are they aren't very much an integral part of um, martial yeah. arts, you know, but they can't be your sole focus. I don't think so. No, no. Well, um, you know, for, for, for me, I, I wake very early. I'm, a, I'm an early riser. I usually, my eyes ping around six o'clock or just before and I'm, I'm up, you know, I'm doing stuff. And immediately I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, the lesson I'm going to teach later on and what sort of training I'm going to do myself personally. And, um, you know, that's how my, my sort of day goes. So, you know, now moving on to where we are now, how, how do you fit martial arts into your sort of everyday life? I, I know you teach, obviously, but how, what, what does it look like? It's every day. Um, we, we run a full-time gym with my wife. Um, so every single day, we're off Fridays and is our only total day off. Saturdays, we've got nothing planned, but that's when we do extra training. But we've got classes on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then when I'm not doing that, then I've always involved with the ITF umpire committee. So I'm always doing work with them, although it was quiet earlier on, but now we're doing a whole tranche of QIUCs. Yes. So we did did an awful lot of work on all the presentation material, videos and PowerPoint and everything. So that's my thing. So I, I did all, all of that. And yeah, now yeah. I'm working with the um, the European board for the online competitions. Right. Right, we're doing this now. So every day is a Taekwondo day. <laughs> and it's quite nice to put all that stuff aside and then go into the gym and um, 
shout at some people and kick kick some pads. And we got all the kids in la- la- last night, and they're all in with their stories, all the wee ones, four <laughs> to six year olds. Yeah, and they were just absolutely hyper. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it, it, it's great. It's really really good. Good, good. No, so, I, 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 excellent. Well, every, every day. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's it, and, and thinks you know when when I get in front of um, uh, students and. Uh, you know, I tell them about practicing, and you know the thing that it's, you know, it's not something that I'm a, a, obsessed with in that sense. But I, I tend to think, right, okay, you know, what do I need to work on, and what do I need to work on myself personally? How can I improve, and and so on. I, I try and get, try and tell them to get that sort sort of mindset that we're always trying to move forwards. Okay, um, there's, there's always something they can practice in any situation. Um, so, what what would you say the main benefits that you know your martial art has given you i mean i i think for me i was a very i was a very shy kid um mm. in my teens but but i was very competitive and mm. um some may some may say slightly aggressive when i was a teenager i think martial arts has, has given me a focus um mm. it's given me some direction in my life you know I, i've had um uh, mm. people that i know who grew up in the area that i was in in a city bristol that ended up on uh, the wrong side of the law um mm. you know one a friend of mine that I went to school with actually uh, got killed in a in, in a in a card game gambling uh, oh, and things like that so it's given me a focus it's given me a mm. direction in my life um and it really given me my life really um mm. i've met some fantastic people so yeah just the you know what 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 has it done for you well i think it gave me um it certainly I think I must have always been a, a structured mind. When I was at school, I, I really wasn't. I really didn't apply myself at school. I wasn't bad or any, anything, mm. mischievous or something like that, but I was never bad. I just didn't apply myself. And I left school with minimum qualifications because I knew I was going straight in, into the Navy. And yeah. I really loved the discipline in the Navy. It was great. I just took to a duck, a duck to water. So that part of regimentalness has always... I, must have subconsciously been there. I left solely because they posted me back to Lossiemouth, six miles away from my house, and I joined up on the premise of what you were seeing on the TV was, you know, palm trees and rum and coke on, on the beach. And I have never, and all I got was, you know, rainy Lossiemouth. Had I not been posted there, then I would have easily have stayed in because I absolutely loved it. I was yeah. 16 years of age getting to refuel aircraft you know and it was just it was brilliant but then straight after that three months after that i started taekwondo so it was destiny yeah Um, yeah. it gave me definitely um um organization confidence and um just do it right and the training the attention to detail i used to put into my patterns i used it in every avenue of my work and it always had to be done right. And um, make do was never an, o- an option. Everything has to be meticulous on yes. everything. So everything I touch is applied to the same way as Taekwondo. It's got to be yeah. done right, and you can't leave anything on yeah, yeah. anything yeah. missing out. Well, that's I, I certainly I certainly learned that um, as an engineer. I was, I was an aircraft engineer. I was uh, when I left school. Uh, I worked at Rolls okay. Royce um, as a, a development engineer. Uh, and I was lucky enough to work on um, the Olympus 593 for Concorde. All right, and, wow. Um, ev- everything, yeah. uh, you know, our four, our four, I remember when we were training, you know, we used to say, oh, you know, you've got, you've, these people have got uh, their, their lives in your hands. 
you yeah. know, you, you cannot cut corners. You can't do this. You can't do that. And so it was, it was quite, um, you know, it was a hundred percent inspection. If you didn't do it right, you had to do it again. Blah, blah, blah. So I, I did bring that sort of mentality. Um, I did very well in engineering as well in my, my group as a trainee. And, um, which is why I got to pick where I wanted to work within the company. Um, so I, I wanted to work on development, developing the, um, we had the Olympus 593. We had the, the jump jet, Harrier jump jet, the okay. Pegasus engine. Oh, fantastic mm. times. But the bug of Taekwondo caught me after that. <laughs> well, everything always dovetailed. It was always, yeah. it's always been a parallel work and yeah. Taekwondo. And I had a chance back in, I think, 94. My students were really, really, I had about 150 students at, at, at yeah. the time. And so there was a, a, a chance of I could have uh, gone full time, yeah, and um, and thought about it, but it wasn't really such a big thing thing then. Yeah, and plus I was making silly money in the oil industry, anyways, and it was a lot, a lot to give up. But yeah, that summer, the council really messed up our halls, and my numbers just went yeah, down yeah. because yeah. every every night we were in a different place, and that just killed everything. Yeah, so I think I because I held back and held back, um, it wasn't for me at at that time. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I still really enjoyed the oil fill work because it was kind of gung ho and exciting, sure. and there wasn't much health and safety at the time, you know. <laughs> so it was kind of man yeah. stuff, you know, and it was it was mm. quite good. So yeah. um, it wasn't until later on um, that it, um, I changed tack and I was in training. I'd learned a lot of stuff in training about making manuals and uh, learning about software, and then a good organisational admin skills then, and then. The work that oil field, um, I lost my job, and um, so I had to change change tack a little bit. And then we decided we need a step change um, in my life because um, I had some yeah. pro problems that I'm, I wasn't co coping in, yeah. in work, work at all, but stress. So I thought, no, step change in life. So we developed kids pro programs, yeah, and yeah. Um, for for teaching uh, four to sixes and seven to nines, and in the space of three years, we went from both myself and my wife went from full-time or sorry part-time taekwondo part-time um working yeah. to full-time taekwondo so we did it over a period of time yeah and then we've been full-time for about 20 years now yeah well it, yeah. so I, I i think this it's it's great myself and um you know master ogborn which you know who we you know i've been mm -hmm. friends with master ogborn since we were sort of eight and nine years old and we, we actually handed in our notice to our jobs on the same day at 12 o'clock. <laughs> um, we, we made a pact with each other, but uh, yeah. we, we weren't particularly organised. And to be honest, looking back, how we ever made it, I'll never know. This was 1985. And um, All right. well. it was absolutely madness. I, I was married. I had a mortgage. I had a kid on the way. And uh, I nearly lost my house and everything. But um, we managed to get through. And we're, we're still here to this day. <laughs> but uh, I, I wouldn't advise anybody to do it like we did it. But there we go. Yeah. Um, but the passion the passion for the job help, help, helps you. and uh, It does. It does. It and does. also, uh, when you burn your ships, it motivates you. <laughs> well, yeah, when, when you have to put food on the table, I tell you what, yeah, you yeah. have to get out. And that, that also, and that, and that is another driving factor. You're still self-employed, and yeah. um, it definitely, you can't be complacent. You have to, yeah, you have to get up and ding ding, and you're ready to go. That's right. Well, I, I actually took a, I actually took a lesson once in in a plaster cast sitting on a chair. Um, in the early days, because I had no one else to do it, so I thought, "Well, I've got to do it." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've done that as well. Yeah, yeah. crutches. I had my yeah. my leg done, so yeah, I remember that. 
yeah. boofing it up the stairs on my yeah. crutches. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, moving on, we're, we're both um, uh, a, a little bit older than when we first started. Yes. <laughs> um, so my my next thing is is whether uh, you do any sort of meditation or breath work. Now I, I found meditation and breath work in the last few years and mm. i am enjoying it and it's been good for me uh it, i've sort of added it to my martial arts sort of protocol uh not so much in the classes but just for me as an individual mm. although i will try and um uh, try and incorporate a little bit more of it into the class as time goes on now um, and i think because i'm at, at the age that i'm at um mm. and i'm trying to get just a little bit something different out of the out of the arts mm. um and I just wonder whether you know you do any meditational breath work, or is it something that you've dabbled with? It's definitely something I've dabbled with. Um, yeah. I, I can honestly say I don't mm. um, do it now, but yeah. I certainly did. Um, I, I bought a lot of books on meditation, uh, qigong, um, mm. and what started me off was down down this path. Um, I had problems with my back, and yeah. um, back when I was thirty one, um, I I I. I um, herniated two discs right down at the bottom. Sure. And um, so I'd been to the doctors. I hadn't even thought about osteopaths or a- anything. So I got referred and they said, well, Mr. Wallace, we have to fuse your spine. And I went, <laughs> Crikey. And then there was never any good stories about spinal fusion. They, they, they repaired the spine, but you lived it in pain, horrendous pain for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I thought, I'll pass on that. Thanks very much. And um, I looked at other things, and I found a place that um, down in Dundee to drive about forty miles. And he was a physiotherapist, osteopath, and an acupuncturist. And I oh, heard that, wow. and I went there because all the Chinese people went there. And I thought, hmm, I'll go there. And he was my salvation. All right, ah, and. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't need um, – I had to go f- for surgery eventually, but that was like five years later, yeah. and we did acupuncture. So I was absolutely – it wasn't – acupuncture itself didn't do it. It had to be a triage of acupuncture, manipulation, and traction. Right. But it was the acupuncture. I went in like this. I yeah. could not – I was frozen. Yeah. And all we did was – acupuncture all the way down my left side and eventually after six lessons stand up and I went oh yeah, I was yeah. what is this black yeah. art so yeah I bought um, all books on, on it I was actually going to do a degree in it down at Leamington Spa they've, they, they've got the the acupuncture um center down, down there so I could have done an open university sure. and I just wish I'd done done that but to get back to your point that with qigong and all the other things i was very very much interested and some and one of my colleagues offshore he he did reiki so i trained in reiki okay. um to, to level to level two and we used to go out to his house and we did meditation and um aura sensing and dowsing. you came out that afternoon absolutely just yeah. buzzing it was it was just such an enlightenment and we we did we did a lot all of it but sadly to say it's um i don't i'm i'm, I'm not embraced in that uh, very much but i, I can yeah. still go back go back to it if i need a calm spot yeah, i'll yeah. go and find sit in the car with some trees and things and just listen to the trees and so y- yes and no um i fully yeah. appreciate it and i've used it and yeah. um fascinated by the strength of it yeah, um, but yeah. actively, no, I'm a bit 
uh, lame. <laughs> well, I, 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 it's, it's funny to say about alternative treatments. treatments. Mm. I, I visit a chiropractor every week. I have a mm. chiropractor. Uh, the great thing about the chiropractor that I visit is um, he's done mm. taekwondo. Yeah. So um, as soon as I go in there, he'll, he'll sort of go, you know, he said, oh, what have you been doing this week? I said, oh, I've been doing side kicks and spinning kicks. Oh, you should be doing that. What, did you stretch before? Did you do this? Did you do that? Right, I'm going to give yeah. you these exercises. And um, he's quite tough on me, and, and I do like that. And, um, you know, he he, he uh, is very good, very, very good. Well, I, so, I, I, you know. yeah. I send all my students, anything, if they're feeling yeah. anything, I goes. You've got to go to an osteopath. You've got to get right back to the center. Everything yeah. radiates out from the spine. Yeah. So if you're yeah. getting throbbing here, well, yes. there's nothing in your hip. It's because your 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 spine's like, so get it clicked. So yeah. you should go to an osteopath every six months like you go to the, the dentist and make sure yeah. everything's in, in line. Because if it, if it seizes, this is what happened to me, you know nothing about it. Yes. Because... Because it doesn't move, it doesn't suck in the, the, the fluid to keep it moist, it just seizes. And it might not give you any pain, but 18 months on, yes. that disc has dried out. And you do something stupid like reaching and grabbing a bag. Yeah. It's not that. It's what happened 18 months 18 ago. 18 months ago, yeah. And, that, and that's what causes what causes that. Oh, I could write yeah. books on uh, yeah. back treatments and <laughs> everything. And, uh, and I still haven't had a spinal fusion to date. But yeah. I did find a, a super surgeon in England. Oh, it's fan said, it's yeah. fantastic, isn't it? It is fantastic. <clears throat> and um, I think, uh, you know, I've had sort of, sort of similar things. And I, I actually, when I, when I first went to my uh, chiropractor, it was, I was having neck problems. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah he, he did some adjustments there. And I've never had them again, never had the problems again. But I was getting them regular absolutely mm -hmm. regular but uh it, it's it's been really good so i, I would oh, certainly, definitely you know, oh, yeah. buys that swear uh, by them yeah yeah with, with, without a doubt what about um what about any uh sort of food protocols um i've i've had a spell of being um i was vegetarian for some time mm -hmm. um and then i had a point where i was just eating uh fish um i'm actually um on a just an animal-based diet now I, i'm mm -hmm. eating um sort of nose to tail and i have to say I feel very energized. Um, I, I've come to the conclusion uh, by what I've read that there's there's no ideal diet for everyone. You, no. you have to sort of uh, listen to your body, really. And that's mm. what I've tried to do. I've listened to my body and, you know, I've eaten something and said, well, I don't think my body likes that. So I've, I've not mm. eaten that again, but I've eaten something else. And then said, wow, yeah, it feels quite comfortable. I feel strong. Um, so, yeah, just anything like that, really. Well, um, <clears throat> we home cook everything. Yes. Every single thing, everything yes. is cooked from scratch, and yeah. we, we 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 vary it. Um, we don't eat a lot because um, I really really enjoy food. I yes, mean, I, I really really do. <laughs> and um, but we only really have one meal a day. That's all. Yeah, the rest is just we don't have. Maybe we might have um, breakfast, but it's never a big break uh, breakfast. Um, we like scrambled eggs and stuff like that in the morning. Yeah. but one time, if anything. It's but but it's born out of habit. We end up eating at night every single time when when we come in and we eat at half past nine, ten o'clock at night, and yeah. have done for the last fifteen years or twenty yeah. years Eve, Eve, even. And uh, it sure. works for me. I don't put on any extra weight. That that I've, I mean, I could obviously do more training, but yes. if I if I wished, but I am I'm not overweight and I'm still healthy, strong, very flexible. So yeah, yeah. I think homemade food 
you know, not to excess like everything else. Yeah. Like you say, it's um it work works fine. And my penchant for Indian food has <laughs> made me put on weight because I know exactly what goes into it. Portion yeah. controls are all sort sort of sorted out and it's all good stuff, you know. So um Yeah. Well, I would agree with that. I would, I, yeah. I would definitely. In fact, I, when I was up early this morning, I, I put uh, half six. I've put something in the in the slow cooker, uh, which is cooking there now. And um, I, I tend to do that as well. I, I cook. I love cooking. Um, in fact, I started cooking quite early. My mum started to teach me to cook when I was sort of uh, 12, 13, because I had to. I was the first home from school, so I had I had to start the cooking. My mum was still okay. at work, so she said, "Right, you know, by the time I come home from work, home from work, this needs to be done. This needs to be done." And and so that's what I did. And actually, I've, I've I enjoy cooking, and I enjoy mm. cooking from scratch, and I still do it to this day. Um, very much like you, I have one meal a day. Sometimes two. It depends. Uh, mm. For for example, today I'll have uh, I'll eat at about half one, two o'clock. Uh, mm. But I won't have anything else. I'll have a class this evening, and yep. uh, I'll have just uh, water or or green tea. I love green tea, mm. uh, and that's my lot. So, say similar to yourself. I mean, I've seen you, and you you do look strong, and you're fit, um, and you know you're a good you're a good weight. Um, and also, I, I think that that is important. Uh, mm. You know, as a martial arts teacher, if you're going to be there and standing there and preaching that, you need to. You've got to be in shape, you know, yeah. and. Uh, I, what, I, what I did with, with Zoom was I worked harder than I did nor, normally in class. <laughs> yeah. you know, so my flexibility, I had big problems. I had, I had a real bad, I don't know what, if it was a tear or anything down this left side. And it was yeah. really it annoyed me for such a long time. I'd been to physio, but it, they just didn't know what it, what it was. And through the lockdown, I've done so much stretching on vid vid video, everything's gone, pain-free, yeah. and my flexibility has actually increased. And in the, sure. the stretching stats in the gym, we've got um, every we've got a stretching machine, and um, well, this was actually before lock 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 lockdown, but we had a see how far out you could get, so everybody in the school could 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 go on it. We had to pack it up for the wee the wee kids as well. Yeah. So I'm lying second right now. Oh, I give my teenage black belts like a real hard time because I must have the stiffest black belts in the country. <laughs> so all during lockdown, all they got was kicking, leg raising, stretching every time. Guess what we're doing tonight, guys? And they go, oh, you, know. <laughs> you know. So that, that, that was our main goal um, was yeah. getting everybody more uh, flex, uh, flexible. So uh, tonight they're all back for the first time, so there'll be a lot of red faces. But their legs are going out tonight. So. Oh wow! Well, yeah. that's that's incredible. Well, this, I can't believe it. I just looked at time. We're nearly on time, actually, uh, <clears throat> for for this one. But uh, you know, I just want to say it's been absolutely fantastic catching up with you. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for thanks for asking. No, no worries. It's 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 been great. I, I love doing these podcasts uh, yeah. so I can catch up with people, but also to. Uh, inform the people that are listening um, about martial arts instructors, what we do, and what you know, all about our passion. You know why we're passionate about it, and and where we've come from. And um, you know, I know you are very, very passionate about uh, what you do, uh, but also you know, not just what you do, but passing it on and passing it on in the right yeah. way, and um, you know, being a, a good role model to your students as well. So, I'd, I'd like to say thank you. Um, thank you very, very much. Uh, I wish you all the best. I hope that um, you know the the gym. 
continues to be successful. I'm sure yeah. it will. Um, you, you've got a fantastic attitude and, and you're, you're very knowledgeable. Um, and I know that uh, whenever anyone's mentioned you, they've always talked about you in a, in a very nice way. So, um, you know. Well, that's all you can ask, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, I like to, I like, I think, I like to think we're, we're good hosts because we like to treat people the way we would like to be, be treated. And um, when we hosted the, IUC, the IIC in Aberdeen, Yes. Again, it was just a case of just everybody has all the VIPs have got to be spoiled rotten, and um, it was just a great a great thing to do and to welcome sure. everybody in. So yes, I just apply the same thing: be nice to be people. There's no reason, you know, for you not to be nice, and um, you have Excellent. to create this world for yourself. You know, I shall build a more peace, uh, build a more peaceful world. Well. It doesn't have to be the globe. It's 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 your own world, you know, within your confines of your house. And when, sure. it, when we tell this to the kids, you know, we say, well, the peaceful world is you, you know, not giving your mum and dad a hard time. So you you start yeah. your bedroom, you know, and and you grow out from 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 there, you know, yes. and um, you have to make choices. And it's just like with with friends and that, and and, and colleagues sometimes. Well, your paths go so far and you're thinking well my view so you know it, it's yeah yeah you, you just change and adapt to make sure that your your bubble and your environment stays happy and then your whole world is good and sure you're calm you're not stressed and um excellent that's yeah, how no, i try to look you. at it you know well what wise words indeed and i would say to anybody we're, we're going to put um master wallace's uh contact details or uh, where you can perhaps uh, get get connect with him to, to go and train you certainly won't be disappointed uh i'd say very very passionate about his martial arts and uh, what he does so um you know get along there um if you're if you're listening to this uh, north of the border or even uh, <laughs> or even not <laughs> well north of the border <laughs> well north, but, north. <laughs> um get along there and um get to one of his classes thank you very much master wallace really appreciate it thank you well and, thank uh, you master gail it's a pleasure seeing you again and chatting and um hope to get down and see you and master mark yes uh, very yes soon. Yeah. oh we love it we'll look forward to it okay take care right take care bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.